If you love Snapped, Women Who Murder, you're going to love listening to true crime or mystery titles on Audible. The audio title I'm diving into again is one of my favorites to revisit, Mindhunter by John Douglas and Mark Ulshaker. Even if you think you know the details of the cases, former FBI unit chief John Douglas took on from documentaries or the scripted show, the audio title goes above and beyond in bringing you along with him in his career, trying to catch serial killers and serial perpetrators. He used psychological profiling to dive into the minds of notorious criminals. The title includes his hunt for a killer in Alaska, the Green River Killer, and so much more. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. It is the home of storytelling after all. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text snapped to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text snapped to 500-500. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That woman will always be in my heart. Because she'll always be in my heart. Everything about her will always be stuck with me. I would have done it again. I might have done it differently, but I would have done it again. The Greene County Sheriff has new information about a mother found murdered at her home and her missing daughter. It was a crime that captivated the country. Gypsy Blanchard and her boyfriend, Nicholas Gojon, are now jailed in Wisconsin on first-degree murder. This case took many strange twists. Everything that we seemed to uncover turned out to be a lie. This wasn't just a murder. This was a con. She was under the thumb of her mother. She was a victim of hideous Munchausen by proxy abuse. Authorities say Gypsy can walk without a wheelchair, and they discovered several birth dates that make her between 19 and 23 years old. Gypsy didn't know that she wasn't actually sick. It wasn't until after she was arrested that she learned that she was actually healthy. This case is about manipulation. It's about deceit. It's also a case about love. The stars aligned somehow that these two individuals found each other. It wasn't just boyfriend, girlfriend. It wasn't just, I'm attracted to you. I like you. I like talking to you. It was a very deep, intimate relationship. Gypsy really pulled at Nicholas's heartstrings. She wanted his sympathy. She wanted him to know just how much she was suffering and how much she needed him to save her. OK, I'll admit it. I did actually stay up with her mother. I will admit it. Did Gypsy know that you were going to kill her mother? Honestly, she asked me to. Since the moment she was arrested, Gypsy Blanchard has seized the media spotlight. Did you help Nicholas kill your mom? Yes, sir. Alarm bells start going off at that point. Something's not right. Now, four years after this infamous case mesmerized the nation, the man at the center of its deadly romance tells his side of the story. Due to all the publicity Gypsy's getting, and she's getting me that publicity too, I feel like I have a responsibility. I want to basically let everyone know that I'm not just this cold killer. I somehow just knew deep within my heart, some way me and her will end up being together in the end. There's no other option we got to.
that was, man. Uh, probably the best days of my, my, my life. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. I, I enjoyed every second of it. From the very beginning, I just knew her so much. Those five days where I was actually with her, physically with her, those five days were the most intense and magical and awe-inspiring inspiring days I've ever had. I was gonna get a job and start looking for an apartment. After a little ways down the road, I'd, I'd probably end up marrying her and end up having children with her. That's something I've never had with someone else. I never, ever had it. And to this day, she's the only one that I've ever had that with. But Nicholas and Gypsy's time together would soon come to an end due to events already set in motion in the town of Springfield, Missouri. On June 14th of 2015, the Greene County Sheriff's Office get a call from some concerned neighbors, friends of Claudine and Gypsy Blanchard. Dee Dee and Gypsy were actually very well known in Springfield because of this tragic backstory of the very sick child that this single mother is taking care of. They had basically been on their own. Dee Dee didn't have a real good relationship with Gypsy's father. They came up from New Orleans area after Hurricane Katrina. They were displaced with no home. And then Habitat for Humanity stepped forward. And they got a home from Habitat for Humanity. So they became kind of well-known around the community. We have an awesome bathtub. It's a um, jacuzzi tub meant for my muscles. And we have a wonderful ramp so I can get up and down by myself. Gypsy was in a wheelchair. She had all kinds of uh, physical ailments. We've been told that she was 15 with the mentality of a third or fourth grader because she has genetic disorders and she has cancer and she has muscular dystrophy and she has, you know, all of these other issues. There was genuine love from this community for Gypsy and Didi. They really cared for them. They wanted the best for them. They wanted to help them. And they did in many different ways, not just Habitat for Humanity, but helping them with food and money, donations. You know, the community really came together behind them to make sure they were okay and well taken care of here. I think it was, it was a blessing in disguise. It took something like a hurricane to make us have a happy ending. But on June 14th, 2015, Gypsy and Dee Dee's friend, Kim Blanchard, notices a disturbing post on their shared Facebook profile. Sunday afternoon, I'm scrolling through Facebook, not, not thinking about nothing, so to speak. I saw the initial Facebook post from their joint Facebook. The post that had been left on Dee Dee and Gypsy's shared Facebook page said that bitch is dead. Between the two of them, never, never a heavy word, never a curse word, heaven forbid. To see an expletive on theirs was, oh my goodness. Well, okay, I'm gonna give them a quick call. Nobody answers the phone. Nobody answers the house phone. Nobody answers the cell phone. And scroll down just a little further, and there's the second one. The post was, I slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. And that's when I decided we're going to go to the house. Upon arriving, noticed that the vehicle was still in the driveway and that I couldn't see any movement or any lights on in the house. Walked around and knocked on doors and windows, and nobody answered. And that was, that was the be-all and end-all right there, and it was call the cops, we need a wellness check. There is something wrong. When the first deputies got there 
at that point, they didn't have enough information to just storm into the house. So what they did was basically try to look through the windows, try to look around and knock on the door, announce themselves, and they ended up not getting a response. And that's when we noticed that the window over the kitchen was unlocked. So I crawled in through the window and got inside. The only things I truly noticed immediately was it was totally dark, there was no lights on, and it was extremely cold in the house, as in like the air conditioning had been running nonstop. I noticed that two of Gypsy's wheelchairs were in the living room. I got to the bathroom. It was open, and her third wheelchair was there. OK, this is odd, because I know she's got three, and they're all here. Gypsy's bedroom was the last door on the left. I opened it, everything looked fine. Dee Dee's room was the last one on the right. I got to the doorway and I hit the light switch and the light did not come on. So I clicked it a couple times and it still didn't work. I did not feel the need to go in the room. So I didn't. I went back out, I opened up the front door, I told the sheriff there's nobody here. They did ultimately obtain a search warrant to look inside that house. When the officers enter Dee Dee's room, they don't notice anything out of the ordinary at first. But when they get closer to the bed, they notice the top sheet is covered in blood. When they pulled back the sheet, that's when they discovered Dee Dee's body. Once we found Dee Dee deceased, our priority at that point was to find Gypsy and make sure that she was safe. There was a fear at that point that uh, Gypsy had actually been kidnapped and, and was possibly uh, still alive being held somewhere. Coming up, as police race to find Gypsy, dark secrets come to light. That couldn't be true. There was no universe in which that could be true. And investigators get their first peek inside a love affair worth killing for. She said, as long as we're together, that's all matters to me. Sheriff has new information about a mother found murdered at her home and her missing daughter. Let's go live now to that neighborhood. On June 14th, 2015, Claudine Dee Dee Blanchard is discovered murdered inside her Springfield, Missouri home. The victim of a horrific attack. This was a gruesome, bloody scene that they stumbled onto in that house. This crime had a sense of urgency because we were working this as an abduction and we didn't know if we were on a time clock to find Gypsy alive. With Dee Dee, the medical examiner uh, helped us determine the cause of death. It was determined that there were 17 stab wounds. They also were able to tell that she had a very deep wound to the back of her neck. She was essentially nearly decapitated. Claudinia was stationary during the incident, so any blood that would have been found throughout the house wouldn't have believed to have been hers unless it was potentially dropped from the weapon itself or from whoever had committed the crime. There were some specks of blood that were on the bathroom door and a roll of paper towels, as well as they did a swab of uh, the sink, and they found blood there. While evidence is sent to the crime lab, law enforcement officials focus on finding Dee Dee's missing and disabled daughter, Gypsy. We had the sheriff's posse out on horseback looking for Gypsy. We had volunteers coming from everywhere to start, basically combing the area and looking to see if maybe she wasn't far from the house. As far as I knew, Gypsy was a scared 15-year-old girl who couldn't walk that is now missing. So of course, we were just terrified that somebody had come in, killed her mother, 
stolen whatever they wanted to and took her with them. While all that is happening, we were working with Facebook. It was really believed at that time that the person who made that Facebook post had a direct involvement to uh, her murder. Our computer forensics expert was able to get the IP address, which basically would be the location where the internet is being accessed. And it was discovered at that time that it was a residence in Waukesha, Wisconsin. We immediately contacted the sheriff's office up there. Detectives are able to identify the occupants of the home where the IP address originated. They also identify the owner of the computer. The internet provider was associated with Nicholas Godijan. The sheriff's office did put together a tactical plan because they had no idea what they were getting into. There were more than two dozen SWAT team members from the Waukesha County Sheriff's Office. They were told that there could be a murder suspect in that home. They were told that there could be a second victim or someone taken from a murder scene who might be in harm's way. The SWAT team asked Nicholas Godijan to exit the home. Someone exits the home, but it's not Nicholas. And Gypsy walked out of the house. Everyone is shocked to see Gypsy, this girl who can't walk without a wheelchair, who's so sick. She's walking without assistance, and she's surrendering to the police. And that's when I knew there's something more to this story. A huge break in this homicide investigation. Gypsy Rose Blanchard has been found safe. She is OK, and that also a person of interest is in custody. This is an ongoing investigation. The prosecutor has filed charges this morning for first-degree murder on two suspects. For the officer to say that he and she are persons of interest, I literally threw up in a wastebasket because it couldn't be true. You know, we're still investigating the extent of the relationship, but it has been referred to as boyfriend, girlfriend. It just was unbelievable. Each sentence that came out of his mouth was more unbelievable than the one before it. Both Facebook postings uh, that appeared uh, were authored by Gypsy. I think people found it very hard to wrap their brain around the fact that Gypsy was involved in this in any way. So it was easy, I think, to look at the person that we didn't know, who is Nicholas Godijan, and wonder, did he make her do this? OK, I'll admit it. I did actually stab her. I will admit it. I know that he loves me, and he would do anything for me and to be with me. Maybe he had talked her into doing something, and things had gotten out of hand, and mom had gotten killed, and then he kidnapped her. Was that really so far outside of the realm of possibility? As the story progressed, of course, opinions change. We also know that Gypsy can walk without assistance or a wheelchair. All right, let's stand up for me. Well, the videos speak for themselves. She's carrying her own luggage. Uh, she's very mobile and able to move around. Things are not always as they appear. It went from, we have a homicide, Gypsy is missing, to unraveling their whole story and finding out all of this had not been true. We found out that Gypsy was not 15. We also revealed almost a lifetime of scams by Dee Dee. Basically, her whole makeup was a lie. We have unearthed the appearance of a long financial fraud scheme along with this tragic event. One of the strangest aspects of this case, Sheriff Jim Arnott says, the Blanchards were involved in con jobs lasting several years across several states. People gave money to this family thinking they were helping a little girl who was suffering from leukemia, only to find out that it was all a ruse that Dee Dee Blanchard had been 
abusing this child for years. This wasn't just a murder. This whole city got scammed. We got scammed by Didi. We got scammed by Gypsy because of what Didi was making her do. The evidence clearly indicates that Gypsy was victimized by her mother. But did she really conspire to murder her? Detectives put that very question to her boyfriend and alleged co-conspirator Nicholas Godijan. Did Gypsy know that you were going to kill her mother? Um, honestly, she asked me to. Did you help no, sir. Nicholas kill your mom? No, sir. This is a case where deception has been at the root from moment one. How deep do the lies go? Who we thought was initially the victim turns out to be the suspect. How do we know who's telling the truth? If Nicholas is telling the truth, why had he been so willing to help Gypsy kill her own mother? Nicholas Godijan is one of two living people at the center of this unfolding scandal. No one has really heard his side of what went on in their relationship and what led up to the decision for them to commit this awful crime. What was life like before you met Gypsy? <sighs> wow. In June 2015, prosecutors in Greene County, Missouri, charged Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Nicholas Godijan with the murder of Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Okay, I'll admit it. I did actually stab her When most people heard Nicholas Godijan admit that he had stabbed Dee Dee Blanchard multiple times, they were ready to say, lock the door to the cell and throw away the key. But I think more people are starting to wonder what kind of life did Nicholas Godijan have before he met Gypsy Blanchard that might have led him to carry out the murder? What was life like for me before I met Gypsy? I actually was basically alone. My parents split up right around the time I was between three, four years old. From that time forward, I was different from everyone else. Basically, my mom raised me an entire time, uh, all the way to the age of 15, uh, up in Waukesha, Wisconsin. It was hard for him to make friends. He was always by himself. Pretty much grew up by himself. From the very first day when I was in kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, Every single one of those days, I was in special education. Nick's autism was the first diagnosed in grade school. The weird thing, though, is that even though I was in special education throughout that entire time, I was considered one of the smartest children in the classrooms that I was in, just because of my high-functioning autism. After high school, I was interested in computers. Originally, I wanted to be a computer repairman. They weren't too happy with how long I was taking to grasp it all. Ever since then, I wasn't able to really pursue any other paths of any type of career. So really, I kept to myself. The reason I kept to myself is because I didn't really have the social skills due to my mental disability. Yeah, Nick, he was lonely. He loved the internet because he was able to connect with people. I was basically recluse. I, I kept to myself. I, I guess you could say I could open up more when I was online, for sure. In October 2012, Nicholas would meet the woman who would become the love of his life. Nicholas had been on this Christian dating website, free website, and had signed up. I was raised as a Catholic. So my mom always taught me, if you're going to look for any woman, you should be looking for a Christian woman. That's why they at least share the same values as I do. He was going nowhere. He wasn't in school. He wasn't working. His only outlet was who he found online, and who he found was Gypsy. October 9th, uh, 2012. I'll never forget the date, because 
That woman, I was being my heart, and because she was being my heart, everything about her, I was stuck with me. She first reached out to me. Once she said hi, me being my natural shy or bashful self, I just said hi back. In their initial encounter, Gypsy tells Nicholas she lives in Missouri with her overprotective mother. She also tells him she has a secret online account she uses to meet new people after her mother goes to bed. Her mother would not allow her to date or have boyfriends or anything like that. Gypsy lived a very sheltered life. There was something about her that I found very, very intriguing. I was definitely attracted to her. She told me about her being bound to a wheelchair. I didn't hold it against her. And she, she was amazed that I accepted her, even if she was that way. It didn't bother my son one bit because, you know, he felt for her because of that. And he wanted to help any way he could. She made it seem like originally that she just wanted to be friends with me, but three, four days into it, I could tell that she was looking for more than that. I think they felt very similar as someone who was pretty isolated in their life. They seemed very much alike in that way, and I think that really bonded them together from the get-go. It's crazy because I felt like she was like a long-lost friend. Gypsy was aggressive and kind of just trying to bring them closer and closer to each other in a very quick way. It seemed like it happened so quick, really it did. It felt like it happened so quick. Nicholas, he was vulnerable. He was looking for love, he was looking for affection. Gypsy provided that. It was eight days from when we first actually met each other online before we became official. It felt great, it felt very great. I was thinking, now this person might be the one. They really began an almost exclusively online relationship. I was so deeply in love with her already that it was just overwhelming. It wasn't just boyfriend, girlfriend. It wasn't just, I'm attracted to you, I like you, I like talking to you. It was a very deep, intimate relationship. Gypsy and Nicholas spend every night talking to each other. Then, one evening, Gypsy tells Nicholas she has a secret she needs to share with him. She told me that uh, her mom made her be in a wheelchair and she could walk. Gypsy really started to trust him as when she started telling him the truth. And that's a big thing. I told her that I knew that she could walk. I already knew that too. She's like, you've baffled me at times because I don't know how you know these things. And all I could really tell her is that we're soulmates. That's the only way I could describe it to her. I, I just knew we're soulmates. And I think that made them feel so much closer because when you share a secret like that together, that bond you together. And I think that's when it really became that intense love relationship. And then one night, she said to me, well, I do have a question that is very serious I need to ask you. And I'm like, OK, how bad do you really want to be with me? And that's when I told her, you know I would do anything to be with you. Coming up, as their online obsession escalates, Nicholas asks Gypsy to test the boundaries of their relationship. This was very sexual. There was the talk of BDSM. Nicholas wanted to be her master. It was down and dirty. And Gypsy reveals a second, more disturbing secret, setting in motion a plan that will eventually lead to murder. She wanted him to know she was suffering. I was livid. I was livid when she told me. As a SNAP listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I learn about, I'm reminded how much I want to prioritize my vigilance and preparation. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe Home Security. My cameras have alerted me about trespassers and even given me a sense of security knowing my home is safe even when I'm not there. 
Simply Safe offers protection for the whole house with advanced sensors that not only detect break-ins, but fires, floods, and other threats to your home and getting you the help you need for each scenario. The indoor security cameras offer privacy shutters to ensure physical privacy when you want it. Plus, you can try Simply Safe for 60 days risk-free. If you don't love it, return your system for a full refund. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/snapped. That's simplysafe.com/snapped. There's no safe like Simply Safe. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. By the fall of 2012... The relationship between Nicholas Godijan and Gypsy Blanchard had accelerated and intensified beyond anything the online lovers had ever known. They took on another world, and it was obvious in how they communicated that they weren't living in reality. It was just the two of them in their own fairy tale land. I was 100% serious that I would want to marry her. Their conversations continued, and they escalated to become more sexual as the months went on. The relationship between Nicholas and Gypsy online was pretty steamy. There was the talk of BDSM, that that's what Nicholas was into. He wanted to be her master. He had actually sent her a bill of sale that would essentially make Gypsy his property. They would exchange videos back and forth. Everything she did in these videos would be scripted by Mr. Godishan. They took on these different personalities too when they communicated with each other. Nicholas claims his sexually dominant side is part of an alternate personality that he first became aware of as a teen. Once I got to the age of 18, something clicked to me. It was almost like something was trying to tell me, I'm there. You've created me. I'm there. When that side clicks, I, I'm a completely different person. The sweet, innocent me that I usually wake up to every day is not there. It, it's a completely different person. And like I said, I do have other people. Uh, personalities, too. I started exploring it with Gypsy. She's the one I, I, I'd hoped that would be brave enough to actually explore it with me. She cooperated in developing alternate personalities herself. I don't think they were authentic. I think they were done just to satisfy his rather perverse needs. Nicholas would explain what certain sides of him liked, and Gypsy would cater to it. She would create a new character based on the likes that he described. She would wear wigs and makeup and outfits to fully satisfy those parts of him that he had described. Rose is probably my favorite personality. That one is basically the most mature form of Gypsy. Bella is another one that most people don't know about. That was basically the romantic part of her. That part of her got along very well with my good part of me. Ruby, now that one is what was considered her evil side which was basically in uh, correspondence with mine. Then you had uh, Kitty, which was basically like the little girl inside her. 
Kitty and my little boy part of me were really good friends. Then you had Candy. Uh, the best way to describe that part of her, which was basically her slutty part, uh, that would probably be best in with my uh, sexual part of me. Gypsy and Nicholas's role-playing takes place exclusively at night, after Dee Dee goes to sleep. Nicholas and Gypsy obviously had to keep this on the down low, away from Dee Dee, because Dee Dee would not have Gypsy having any kind of relationship with a boy. She didn't want her even having relationships with anyone. She wanted to keep Gypsy in a very tight, controlled environment. So, of course, they had to sneak around a lot. Gypsy had no opportunity to establish boundaries with her mother. Her mother simply wouldn't allow it. That must have been very disturbing to have every utterance uh, controlled by your mother, even when you are entering adulthood. I never really knew when I was going to be able to talk to her because her, she had to keep our relationship secret from her mom. She had to because she knew that her mom would not allow it. And so every single time she would think that her mom is coming, she would end up uh, saying, I got to log out and right away log out. Obviously, because she had to, she had become pretty good at hiding when she would communicate with Mr. Godishan. She had some close calls where I would not talk to her for a couple days. And there's even times it was even worse than that. There would be times when I wouldn't be able to talk to her for a couple weeks. Even though she's not on all the time when I want her to be on, I know that she's still thinking about me. In the spring of 2014, a year and a half into their secret online relationship, Gypsy tells Nicholas that she's more desperate than ever to be with him and to be out from underneath her overbearing mother. But Gypsy has another secret that's keeping them from being together. Nicholas already knew that Gypsy could walk even though her mother kept her confined to a wheelchair. But she said, no, this is bigger than that. She was like, I just can't stand arguing with my mom. Like, you know, I'm like, give it time, it'll get better. Well, she said, uh, instead of getting better, I'm getting worse. One night, I mean, she hasn't been on for pretty much the whole day online at all. And then all of a sudden, she pops up out of nowhere at 10 o'clock at nighttime. And when she's like, my mom hit me, I'm like, what are you talking about? And then she told me everything. June 15th, 2015, Nicholas Godijan and Gypsy Blanchard are in custody at the Greene County Sheriff's Office. I don't know how much she told you. I hope she told you everything that I do know also. Okay. Nicholas has opened up about his role in the murder of Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee, and how it all started when Gypsy revealed the disturbing truth of what life with her mother had truly been like. Gypsy Blanchard and Nicholas Godijan had been dating for about a year, all behind her mother's back. And it was about this time that she told him she had a secret. About a year and a half into our relationship, she's like, my mom hit me. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then she told me everything. Gypsy told Nicholas that in addition to forcing her to pretend she can't walk, her mother routinely abused her, both emotionally and physically. Gypsy also told Nicholas the real reason they couldn't be together was because she was a prisoner in her own home. She told me her mom abused her. Uh, her mom made her shave all her hair off. All that, all that stuff. Uh, she told me all that stuff. It's very clear that Dee Dee's behavior made it very hard for Gypsy to know if there was anyone she could trust. I think that's why she reached out so desperately to Nicholas. Gypsy told Nicholas that in 2011, she found out that her mother had been lying about how old she was. She became at least aware that her age was different than what was being told to people, because she had ended up seeing 
some medical document or insurance document, she had found it in their house that had her true name and date of birth on there. Her date of birth was 1991. Her mother had told her she was born in 1995. Gypsy never questioned that. Why would she? But when she realized that she was 19 and not 15, she decided to leave. She did uh, reveal to him that, you know, she had tried to escape, but she said, run away one time. Gypsy also claimed that not long after she discovered her real birth date, she met an older man at a sci-fi convention she'd attended with her mother. She found him online, and they talked for a few weeks in secret. And eventually, they made the plan that she was going to come over to his house one night. After her mom fell asleep, Gypsy did leave the house and took a cab over to the, the individual's house. Unfortunately, somebody who knew her mom saw Gypsy at this other residence and actually let Claudine know that she was there. Dee Dee then came over to the house and took Gypsy back. Dee Dee's explanation of that particular night was that this older man had, for lack of anything else, brainwashed her poor, naive little girl. At that point, Claudine broke her computer because that was her really only means to this outside world. And then did end up chaining her to a bed and, and mistreating her pretty badly for several days. She ended up beating her uh, so badly to the point where she peed her pants, and I was livid. I was livid when she told me. After that, Gypsy didn't try to run away again because she knew if she tried to run away, there would be repercussions. So she was fearful in, in trying to escape it again in the future. She said, imagine being stuck as a 16-year-old, not being able to grow up, not being able to have friends, not being able to have boyfriends or anything like that and being stuck at that age, not being able to pursue any of your dreams because your mother wants you to stay as a child. She is sharing with Nicholas that she is completely being controlled by this woman. It pains him to know what she was going through. It's the first time I really think she laid it all out on the line to someone and said, this is what's really going on, and this is really wrong and terrible, and I'm living this terrible life under the control of this woman, and I don't know how to get out of it. That's part of the reason why I started to grow the hatred towards her mom, because no child should ever, ever have to ever endure that. I think she wanted his sympathy. She wanted him to know just how much she was suffering and how much she needed him to save her, to be her savior. As time went on, they grew more and more in love and more and more desperate to be with each other. Nicholas tells police that in 2014, the couple grew so desperate that they began to see Dee Dee's death as the only way they could be together. As early as about May of 2014, we get the first hint that they're thinking about murder. Nicholas loved Gypsy. I think he would obviously do anything for her. I think she used that as fuel to bring up my passion to want to get rid of her mom. She made it clear that it would only work if Dee Dee was out of the picture, if Dee Dee was not there. I think that's where the gym started in Nick's brain that I can do that for you. Let's get rid of her. It didn't really matter what it took. I wanted to make sure her mom was not gonna harm her anymore. I made sure of that. Coming up, Gypsy and Nicholas begin making their deadly plans. I told her that once we do this, we are not going to be able to go back. 
and their first face-to-face -face encounter goes horribly awry. At this point, her mom is basically rushing out of the theater. Apparently, she was scared of me. I don't know why she was scared of me. I don't know why. In the winter of 2014, Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Nicholas Godijan were planning to spend the rest of their lives together. They wanted to have a baby. They wanted to get married. They wanted to be together forever. But their happiness depended on one thing, getting rid of Gypsy's mother. And the roadblock in that relationship was Dee Dee. It was Gypsy's idea that murder was the only option because she had tried running away before, and it didn't work. Gypsy did not believe that she could personally kill Claudine. So she asked him to do it for her. She had me so convinced that was the only way. There were thoughts between Nicholas and Gypsy that maybe we don't have to go to the extreme. Maybe we can be together and, and not go all the way to murder. One of the ideas they had was for Nicholas to get Gypsy pregnant so Nicholas would be forced to be in her life because he'd be the father of her child and Dee Dee would have to accept him. For whatever reason, they scratched that idea off the table. One of the plans was let's try and stage this cute meet where you'll meet my mom and she'll love you and then we'll let her know that we're becoming boyfriend-girlfriend and she'll be behind it and everything will be great and we'll have her support. Gypsy loved everything Disney, and so they decided that the perfect place to meet would be at the theater when the live-action Cinderella movie came out. The plan was that Mr. Godijan would show up at the movie, appear to be a stranger, just happened to essentially run into Gypsy and Claudine, and the idea was Claudine would get to know him that way, get to like him, and then ultimately approve of their relationship. She sent Nicholas money, bought him a bus ticket, so he could come down to Missouri to see her. We ended up meeting on the 12th of March, 2015. Very first time I got to see her, her mom was uh, paying for the tickets, and while she was paying for the tickets, Gypsy snuck a wave at me, and I waved back at her. I felt like, hey, she's here, she's here. It felt great. Gypsy is dressed in basically a Cinderella outfit with a yellow wig on. Nicholas walked right up to Dee Dee while she was talking to a friend and introduced himself. And I said, did I hear that right? Your name is Dee Dee? And he's like, yeah, yeah, my name is Dee Dee. And this is my daughter, Gypsy. And I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. And a little smirk on my face, like, I know you, but she doesn't know I know you. I mean, I was, I was playing it pretty well. He sat next to Gypsy, again, them to pretending that they didn't know each other. Gypsy's mother realizes that this young man's there to be next to Gypsy and is not happy about that. Here's this guy who's showing up to a Disney movie by himself. I think she was a little creeped out by them. Apparently, Dee Dee got up and moved down a few rows and told Gypsy to follow her but Gypsy stayed seated where she was. Her mom was so zoned into the movie that she didn't pay attention. Every single time there was a kissing moment in the actual movie, we'd end up kissing at the very same time. Not only that, we were also hiding our hands, holding each other's hands together too. We were hiding that very well too. There's a picture that we got in the take that it looks like we were truly happy together. And <sighs> Definitely one of the highlights of my life. But halfway through the movie, me and her already had this planned out to where she wanted to give me her granny, so she ended up sneaking out. She led me right to the men's bathroom. I ended up taking her virginity. I'll admit that I was in a state of bliss. 
I've never experienced that before. Felt really, really. Oh, I didn't, yeah. It's one of those feelings right now I wish I could have back. <laughs> and then just as her mom was coming out of the theater to wonder where she was, perfect timing. I ended up being right in the concession stand to make it look like I was just trying to get something from maybe popcorn or something like that. At this point, her mom is basically rushing out of the theater. And then she's like, oh, I got to catch up to my mom and calm her down. I'm like, OK, uh, talk to you later. Just before I ended up having to go to get a taxi, I ended up uh, getting a quick peck uh, on the lips from her before she left. Nicholas believed their staged meetup had gone according to plan, but he soon learned that wasn't the case. Ultimately, Mr. Godishan leaves and finds out from Gypsy that her, her mom ended up not actually liking him or thought he was weird. Apparently, she was scared of me. And I don't know why she was scared of me. I don't know why. I think that Gypsy knew then that any hope of convincing her mom that she can make her own decisions, have her own life, have her own friends, have her own relationships, anything was not going to happen. Dee Dee was not in acceptance of any relationship that Gypsy would have. So Dee Dee was very protective not to let anybody in. So the plan for them to be together and that Dee Dee would accept him uh, did not happen at that point. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Just because it couldn't because of what Dee Dee needed from Gypsy to keep this con going. So I don't know why they thought that was going to work. With their plan of failure, Gypsy and Nicholas agreed they had only one choice left. We really realized that we had to be together. We just had to. There's no other option. We had to. After the meeting at the theater went so terribly wrong, that's when they knew they were going to have to kill her. And that's when I told her, you know I would do anything to be with you. How should we kill her then became the next step. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.